Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this next episode of the Mindful Dietitian podcast. It's so wonderful to have you here with us today. So when I say us, who I'm talking about is our colleague and now my friend, which is so wonderful and such a privilege. And this is Hayley Goodrich, who is from Pennsylvania in the US. So Haley is not only a registered dietitian and nutrition therapist who specializes in intuitive eating and eating disorder recovery from a health at every size perspective, but Haley has found her seat, herself a really incredible niche in the world of, I guess, business building and entrepreneurship from a health at every size perspective. So uh, her, her main passion areas, I guess, are helping people create flexible and joyful eating habits and also cultivating and building a peaceful relationship with their body. So Haley is the founder of her own private practice, which is called Inspired Nutrition. And she's also the moderator for the Facebook community Inspired to Seek. So my suggestion is that you go and check that out because it is such a great community. It's very uplifting whilst also being very real at the same time, because as you'll hear Haley talk about, you know, she really values being humble with what we know and, and what we don't know, but then also, you know, having each other's back when it comes to the uh, successes and difficulties of, of building a business and being a practitioner within the Health at Every Size framework. So this is a really cool conversation that maybe is a little different to our previous conversations, which where we really dig di- down on diet culture. Although, eh, well, yeah, we do that a bit here too, let's face it. So uh, Haley is particularly passionate about entrepreneurship and building business, but We also hear talk about the narrative around private practice not being a good idea for new graduates and how we can really maybe challenge that that, uh, mode of thinking to create opportunities for each other and ourselves because, I mean, let's face it, you don't exactly graduate and get handed a job, right? So being creative and using the skills that we already have and then seeking opportunities to build build new skills to create little possibilities and avenues for yourself, possibly as a business owner, is something that really is becoming demanded of us in our profession. So Haley will talk about the specific skills that are required to build a Hayes-centred business, and then she's very real about the fears that can arise when we so-call quote-unquote jump the fence from more traditional practice to health at every size based practice. We also speak about the importance of getting getting your message really clear and making that message clear from the absolute get-go, from the moment somebody looks you up on a website until the moment they meet you, that that message is clear and really consistent. And how she has experienced her kind of journey, I guess you would say, of being able to speak up and speak out and use her voice as a, as a force of good in the world. Uh, so I really... I really enjoyed this episode. It was, as I said, it was something really different and I certainly learned a lot from it, that's for sure. Haley is one of those people that is really inspiring just because she's such a warm and genuine and persistent and passionate person, you know, all the all the qualities of a wonderful friend and colleague, I guess you would say. Uh, so you can uh, learn more about Haley on her Inspired Nutrition website and the Facebook group. 
and um, please join us also on my Facebook group, which is The Mindful Dietitian. Look, it is specifically designed for health professionals that are uh, working in or very interested in health at every size aligned work. Certainly, uh, I don't mind if you come along and just and check us out because it's actually a great space for learning. Um, if you are looking for more formal kind of training, then you can check out the website, which is www.themindfuldietitian.com.au. There you'll find a list of our colleagues. So there's a find find a dietitian kind of uh, section there. And there's also training opportunities which are live and online as well. So you can take your pick depending on, you know, how, how able you are, how accessible training can be for you. And I, I really understand that it can vary from person to person, stage of life, financial resources, etc, etc. So hopefully you'll find something there that meets your needs. Uh, if you've been involved in the Mindful Dietitian community for a while, you know that this is a, a warm and a passionate space where we share uh, the wins and we also share solidarity when things maybe are really tough for us. So please join us in our, in our lovely, warm, fierce, ferocious, passionate and very always very funny Facebook community. So look forward to seeing you either in person somewhere, sometime this year perhaps um, or maybe even in an online space. So again, thanks for being here and I really hope you join, enjoy this episode with Hayley Goodrich and myself. I'll catch up with you again soon. Hey Hayley, it's so wonderful to be chatting with you today. Thanks for joining me. Hi Fiona, I'm so happy to be here. So we've got so much to chat about uh, and you and I were fortunate to be able to spend some time together late last year when um, when I was in the States and to get to know each other really well and most people would be most familiar with you from your um, inspired is that how you say it or do you prefer to say inspire RD how do you how do you prefer to say it I just say inspired inspired nutrition inspired to seek Nice. Yeah, great. And um, one thing that you're really quite well known for in the Health at Every Size Dietitians space is your ability to pull together communities and build businesses. So if it's okay with you, I would love to talk to you a bit about that today. Does that sound all right? Absolutely. That's, I'm really excited. Let's do yeah, it. Cool. Let's do it. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about your career trajectory, I guess, you know, where, where did you start in dietetics and where do you find yourself now? Good question. Um, so I, when I started in dietetics, I went of course to a very traditional, um, internship here in the States. It was very weight centric and it was hard for me. Um, I actually had quite a few meltdowns and didn't feel like I fit in at all. Um, and almost quit dietetics. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's a familiar so, story I would say. Yeah, I think so. Among our colleagues, I think we all, you know, um, sort of feel the same way. I know some of, some of my, uh, colleagues seem to have had a little bit better experience in their internship. I, I did not, I did not find it was supportive. Um, we were actually, you know, our preceptor, our, uh, I guess our director actually, you know, told us multiple times she didn't think a lot of us would graduate. It was just, it was mm. quite, it was actually pretty traumatic. Um, oh my gosh. and, uh, you know, not to mention it was very weight centric and 
I, you know, was reading intuitive eating, I think at the time and health at every size. And it was just, it was a rough year for me. (laughs) It was a rough year. And, um, I, I got my first job actually as a clinical dietitian because, you know, the day I graduated Fiona, my dad said to me, he said, okay, when are you starting your private practice? And I laughed it off because I thought there is no way that, I, I mean, there were so many things I was told about what a, you know, what it takes to be a private practice dietitian, how many years you've had to have practiced, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, did not have anywhere close to the confidence and just, I really laughed it off. I thought that's ridiculous. So I, I started as a clinical dietitian and about two months in, um, I was like, nope. And I think there are dietitians that are just wonderful clinical dietitians and we need clinical dietitians. However, it was not for me. Um, So I think, you know, another month or so after that, my husband and I were traveling one day and I just said, I'm going to start a private practice. How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No business experience. So I just started a Word document. Um, What do I need? A list of things I need to do to start a private practice. (laughs) I do not recommend that route, but that's exactly how it went for me. And um, I, so six months after being, becoming a, a credentialed dietitian, I started my practice. And within the first year, I left my clinical job and went full time at my practice. So it was rather quick for me. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, Haley, I'm wondering if you don't mind, can we loop back just a tiny bit? Because I'm interested to hear a little bit about what your training and also maybe some messages from your family or from your upbringing or definitely from our culture about dietitians and private practice because it would I'm, I'm wondering whether it would be fair to say that it's not really recommended you know it, it's not really it's not a narrative um, that's really well explored within dietetics. So I'm curious to hear about your experience of why you felt it was just not a good idea. Yes. I love this question. I think, um, I think there's a lot of layers here specifically for those of us who consider ourselves, um, health at every size practitioners. I think that adds another couple layers to it. Um, but being an entrepreneur in the dietetic space, um, as the first layer, um, you know, you're facing uncertainty, a lot of uncertainty where, you know, just being a human uncertainty is not something Mm -hmm. that we, we definitely don't like, (laughs) um, and all, and all that comes along with being an entrepreneur, fear of failure, the comparitis, the scarcity mindset. I mean, there's, there's a lot there with stepping out as an entrepreneur, but specifically as a dietitian, Um, there's a lot of limiting beliefs, I feel, a lot of limiting beliefs that come from maybe the generation before us or several generations before us um, about, you know, some of the things I was told was you have to have practiced X number of years. And, you know, it was something like five, six, seven years before you could even start to think about private practice or that you would know enough. That's what it was. You would know enough to be, be able to be on your own in private practice. Um, I heard things like you won't get referrals. You don't know enough physicians to get referrals. This was told to me, I mean, about six years ago, that's it. Mm. <laughs> you, you have to know X number of physicians. Um, and so, you know, that complicates it. You're already terrified to be an entrepreneur, call yourself an entrepreneur. And then on top of that, those were the type of that was the type of support I was getting as a student. 
And then we add one more layer to that. And I was, you know, at that point, full in and ready to go um, the weight inclusive route or health at every size. So, you know, there's a third layer um, going against the grain, against um, that traditional weight centric model that we're taught. We're taught that there's an obesity, quote unquote, obesity epidemic. And here, here we are saying something quite different. So it's, it's about three layers deep of, of why this is terrifying. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'm wondering, do you come from a family of people that are, that are business people or, or not, not really? Yeah, actually my parents are small business owners. Okay. Um, so I did grow up, you know, with parents, with my dad, who is an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's where, why he suggested it to me in the first place. Um, when I laughed it off. Yeah. The reason I ask is because, um, I wonder whether that for some people that makes a difference where your confidence gets knocked. I mean, you, you've just verbalized repeated experience, repeated experiences where you were told it's not possible. You can't do it. I don't even know if you're going to pass. Um, yeah. you know, so you only had a, a small voice really, saying no you can do this and one of them um probably was coming from your dad who was like well why wouldn't you type thing he he seemed to be coming from the perspective of well why wouldn't you which is really interesting because um he obviously knew you really well so i'm curious you know if you were to put yourself in your dad's shoes and um you know what else would have would have he thought about um, you becoming an entrepreneur and and you running a private practice? Like why why would that have just come so naturally to, for him to suggest that to you? Do you think? Mm, yeah, I think my dad has this gift of um, he's a brilliant businessman first of all, and he has this gift of um, seeing in others their potential when they can't. Um, and he's also very far removed from the dietetics community, so his his uh, business yeah. has has nothing to do with dietetics. So he doesn't understand kind of really any, any of this, um, any of the dynamics that are kind of going on in our field right now. Um, so to him, um, he, you know, I've, I've always been a high achiever also, and I'm, I'm very much, very much like him and being a high achiever comes with its, its, uh, good, good things and it strengthens its weaknesses, we'll say. Sure. Um, but I, I think that's what he saw. He saw that I wasn't going to be happy clocking in and out every day at a nine to five. I wasn't going to be one and I have never been one to just say yes, 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 yes. And, you know, do as I'm told all of the time. Um, that I've, I've got a, like a wild streak, a little bit of a wild streak for being such a perfectionist and that, uh, I, I had big, big things I needed to do. Like he knew that before, before I did, which is kind of cool. Oh, that is so cool. My goodness. What an amazing support person for you. I mean, again, like I said before, especially with all these knocks you were getting from, from different directions, particularly from within the profession or, you know, mm. formative people that were, um, you know, that were really speaking to you about, your career and about your abilities, your capacities. So um, one thing for those of you um, listening who don't know Haley as well, I just want to point out that 
you know, that genetics must be so strong, Haley, because what I really know about you is that you too have this incredible gift to bring out the best in people and to really highlight and elevate people's um, confidence in their abilities to shine and to take a step and be brave and, and do things that maybe they thought they couldn't. So I just want to point out, maybe there's a little bit of genetics there. Uh, Fee, that is so nice. Thank you so much. I agree though. I, I, I look up to my dad quite a bit. And what a fitting conversation on Father's Day as we're recording. <laughs> oh, it's a Father's Day, is it? It is in the States, yeah. Oh, ours is in September. So I think we, ah. sh- I think, I think we share Mother's Day in May. Yes. And then Father's Day is, um, is different around the world, I think. So yes. there you go. Yeah, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, so entrepreneurship was a... Uh, is it fair to say maybe a rocky start? Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't, I don't know if it does get easier and I don't say that to scare anybody, but I say that to normalize this. If you're feeling like, when does the scary um, risk taking stop? Uh, I, you know, I, I think um, that is also what pushed me in the direction of not only working with um my clients who are recovering from eating disorders, but also working with other professionals that want to do this because my goodness, that would have been so nice to have that support. Um, when I was starting and kind of stumbling all over the place with, with no guidance. Um, and I don't want, if if there's a dietitian or a practitioner that wants to do this work, I want to support them in doing it because I, you know, on, on the other hand, I'm a huge health at every size advocate. And I, I think that if we are going to continue to spread this message, it's going to take a lot of us um, who are out there braving the wilderness and are, are you know, creating, creating space where we can work with, with our clients in this arena. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, on that note, I can hear some Brene Brown coming through, which I absolutely <laughs> adore. And um, actually on Instagram, just the other day, I noticed that you um, put up one of her quotes, which um, I'm just going to take a second just to pull it up because unless you can remember it off the top of your head, because it is, um, it's actually a really, really, really beautiful quote um, from Brene Brown about it's from her book, Braving the Wilderness. And um, it's just absolutely, it's a wonderful reminder about how we can, um, about how we can feel, um, about how we can feel uncertain, but then, um, but then be brave at the same time, I guess. Okay. I found it. I have found it. There will be times when standing alone feels too hard too scary and will doubt our ability to make our way through the uncertainty. Someone somewhere will say, don't do it. You don't have what it takes to survive the wilderness. This is when you reach deep into your wild heart and remind yourself, I am the wilderness. Oh my goodness. So it gives you chills. I I love, I just got chills. I just got chills. Definitely. So what does that quote mean to you? Yeah, I've had this one written down for a while. I do love, love her book, Braving the Wilderness, along with a, a lot of her work, her work on vulnerability specifically. But um, to me, this quote specifically means that none of us have this 
page of instructions on how to do this. And we are going to have to take risks every day. If you are going to be an entrepreneur, I believe that's, that's sort of my makeshift definition. Um, it's someone who bravely pushes through the unknown and the uncertainty um, and is willing to take risks every single day. Um, even when someone says, um, you can't do this or you don't know enough. It's, you know, it's reaching really, really deep and having a lot of grit um, to continue to follow what kind of lights you up or what, what pushed you in this direction in the first place. And it's, it's remembering that um, whenever you feel a lot of doubt because there's going to be a lot of doubt. Yeah, that's really true. Especially, I mean, and sadly, admittedly, from within the profession, actually. Yeah. I wish it were different. It's going to be different. Yes. It's going to be different. It will have to be. Yeah. It will have to be. So if, what, what, what are your kind of hopes and wishes for, um, you know, stu dietetic students now in terms of um, the messages that, that they are being told in the future? Like if you were to, um, oh my gosh, uh, I can definitely see you doing this, by the way. I'm not pushing this idea <laughs> on you, but you'd be amazing, um, you know, to, to, run in, to run an entrepreneurship unit in, um, within dietetics. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I love amazing. that. <laughs> oh, I would love that. That would just be so much fun. Yeah, I would what, love it. What would you put in that teaching unit? Yeah, I think I would help normalize and break down some of these limiting beliefs. Um, because you know, you know, Fee, they're, they're going to need these skills, even if they don't go into entrepreneurship, but they are just a health at every size practitioner, at least in the area I'm in. I mean, there's a, I'm one of the few. And so, you know, there's a lot of times I'm paving the way and I'm doing stuff that I'm uncertain about and I'm taking a lot of risk and there's a lot of fear. Um, and, you know, I think these are skills we're not taught. And I think there's skills, whether you're going to own a private practice or, whatever you're going to do, the sky's the limit for us, even though, you know, there's kind of this mentality of we make clinical dietitians and that's what you'll be. You have to be a clinical dietitian as soon as you become a dietitian. And mm -hmm. I think that just really limits us. We, we have an incredible amount of knowledge when we come out of school and a lot of us don't think we do. Uh, and so I think, you know, that this would be confidence building and empowering and teaching people how to face the fear and kind of move through it instead of turning away from it. Yeah. Um, and just normalizing things like insecurity and doubt and um, scarcity mindset and kind of working through those things. It's really, it's a bunch of mindset work. I love that. Oh my goodness. I wish I could go back and study with you. That would be amazing. And in fact, we're going to come back to this later because you do offer some coaching services to professionals. Yes. So, so we're going to come back to that because I want to hear a lot more about that and, and to invite you to share that with, um, with folks listening. Um, one thing you mentioned, which I think might be worthwhile just pressing pause on just for a moment is that um Perhaps, and I, I'm just thinking that this is probably me for quite a long time, actually, where I thought the definition of quote unquote entrepreneur was, you know, being this business owner and, you know, um, doing, I guess I defined it in a certain way. But what you mentioned a few minutes ago was that actually, if you want to be a health at every size practitioner, there's going to be a lot of similarities between, um, you know, um, between what we might regard as 
entrepreneurship and stepping into some spaces which feel uncertain or feel unscary, uh, unscary, oh my goodness, <laughs> or feel scary, uncertain and scary is what I meant to say. Um, and that there are some really strong overlaps there that it doesn't have to be this big, I'm investing a million dollars in this startup. You know, that's not right. what it means. So can we loop back just there for a second? Um, so what do you think are, are some of the main tasks, not tasks, um, some of the primary things to keep in mind or some of the skills to build, I guess, if you want to run a practice or a business um, around health at every size? Ooh, good question. Very good question. I think um, hmm, so many different ways I could I could go with that. But I, I think on the mindset side, I'll, I'll kind of split it up into two things. It's kind of where my brain's going. But on the mindset side of things, I think um, knowing who who you're speaking to, yeah. because we as entrepreneurs, again, kind of because uh, I did this myself and I see this with a lot of um, the practitioners we work with, um, you know, the second you say, okay, I'm going to open a private practice. I need clients. I need to fill up that space. And you kind of just start um, grasping for straws everywhere, like whoever you can get. And it's, it's kind of that um, it's funny, you know, because we <laughs> sometimes compare the, the marketing world to the diet industry because it has a lot of parallels. You can, you know, you see these um, ads. If you even get on Facebook, you see these ads of how to get six figures in three months or something. Mm, like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, basically it's the quick fix mentality. It's the same for, for the diet industry. And you have to look at that and just see that somebody's making money off of that. And, you know, building a six figure business takes a long time and, um, a lot of care and creativity and, you know, figuring out who you're helping, um, and how you're going to help them. And then also who defines success as six figure business? Like, I think that's what else happens when you turn to, to becoming an entrepreneur, you, you have this ideal, again, sort of like the, the ideal then body of what a successful business looks like. And often that will throw people for a loop for quite some time because, because if they're not at that six, quote unquote, six figure business by, you know, X time, they, they think they failed. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Is that kind of what you were asking? Totally. Yes. A hundred percent. And I'm sitting here marinating because you have very cleverly drawn this beautiful parallel between the diet industry and marketing, which I had never occurred to me before, but you are so spot on. And two questions that you asked, which I just want to repeat for those listening. are The first question is, who am I speaking to? And your second question is, how do I define success? And uh, the first one uh, feels a lot more relevant from a business perspective or from a, from a, a practitioner perspective. It's like, who is my quote unquote audience? Um, you know, who, who am I trying to support? Who am I trying to help? Who am I in the service of? Um, and how can I speak from an authentic evidence-based place um, to this particular audience or maybe your audience isn't clients maybe they're fellow dietitians or maybe they're therapists or maybe they're community mm -hmm. groups or you know mm -hmm. whoever um and then your second question around how do i define success is an 
absolute brilliant one and you said <laughs> the 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 thin ideal <laughs> the thin ideal you know if i don't get there then it's not good enough yeah um, oh, that's brilliant i love it hayley Oh, thank you. And you know, I think whenever it, it, marketing sounds a lot less scary when we think of it as just relationship building, that was something that really um, hit home for me when I, I said, okay, marketing sounds really scary. What do I know about marketing? And I don't really know anything because I never took a business course in my life, but um, I can build relationships with people. I can elicit emotions out of people that I, you know, for us to click and us to want to build um, and work together and build a relationship together. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And starting from that place. Yeah. Yep. What is it about, you know, asking ourselves, what is it about me that I can bring forward that helps people to understand a bit more about me, what I offer, my, um, my philosophy, um, and to be really um, overt about that. You know, there's, we don't have to be, we don't have to be covert. You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I want, do you remember, um, oh, I, I, do you know, the, I think it's still around, the coaching principle of, mm, let me think, how does it go? It goes something like, um, tell people what they want, give them what they need or something like that. So it's like sell, sell them the idea of, for example, weight loss, but then give them like non-diet. And for me, it just feels right. so, am I, have I got that right? Is that kind of that, that covert yeah. stuff that really, I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with me. Me either. It does not feel good. It feels yucky. You, you know, I think part of also being an entrepreneur is um, very intuitive and, and it is getting in touch with your intuition, which again is kind of another parallel to the work we do with clients, but it's so true. I mean, um, that to me would not feel intuitive. That would not feel fluid. That would not feel like it was actually helping someone. It'd feel like I was pulling a fast one on, on mm -hmm. somebody. Um, and I recently actually had a practitioner, um, you know, who is kind of trying to straddle the fence mm -hmm. by both paradigms and, and just said to me, well, well, they're coming to me for weight loss. So what do you want me to do? <laughs> yes. And yes. our job is not to tell people what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that does yeah. not make a good business. That does not help someone's health. Um, so I thought that was interesting. You know, I, I think it's because your website talks about weight loss. Yes. That's why they're coming to you for weight loss. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny. You, you, you just answered the question I was just about to ask you. I was about to say, Haley, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. And, and as a coaching client, like a, a dietitian who's come to you for business coaching, I'm going to ask you, yeah, but that's what my clients want. Um, so, so you're, you've become very clear about your response to that. So is there, is, because I, I'm guessing there's going to be quite a number of folks listening that are thinking, oh, oh that's me. That, that's me. Yeah. Like not, not only that's what my clients want, that's what my clients expect. And mm -hmm. that's what my referrers expect. So do you mind if we kind of pause there and just talk a little bit about that? I love that. And I, I think that is good to back up um, because um, I, I've been there. And I think a lot of us dietitians, um, a lot of us health at every size practitioners can say that. Um, I've definitely been at that place where trying to kind of straddle the fence and it doesn't work so well. Um, 
out, partly out of fear, partly out of fear. If I totally and fully go all in health at every size, will I not get a client? Um, and, and that's a, that's a scary place to be if your livelihood is coming from your business. But I can tell you when I fully did go in 100% and practice the way that I believe supports people in their health the best, um, the most evidence-based, the most ethical, my practice took off. And yeah. so it wasn't that I lost clients. It's that when I got really clear on my message and my purpose and who I was helping and how I was going to do it, that's what made my business successful. There's not a dollar amount that makes it successful. So I guess if, you know, to back up, if you're in that place where there's a lot of fear or maybe you're, you're new to the health at every size um, paradigm and still doing a lot of learning. I mean, we're all doing a lot of learning, but new to it, it's, it's normal to, to feel that fear, I guess, and, and to be in that place. Yeah, absolutely. Would you give any, um, would you give any other tips about, I mean, one that you said before about this, um, coaching client that you had was, well, you've got web, you've got uh, weight loss on your website. Um, so yeah. do you have any kind of other tips for how to shift into a bit more alignment and how we can use yeah. either marketing or communication or how can, how can we kind of build our skills in that area? So I will, a, a, um, a fun exercise to do or activity, I think. And it was something that actually really helped me out a lot and still does to this day. Anytime I'm creating content um, is to take a step back and just get a pen and paper out and either imagine a client that you want to be working with, like the most ideal person that you would love sitting across from you at your coffee table and you guys talking. Um, who is that person? Or maybe it's a client you have worked with and you want more. <laughs> you want more connections like that. And I think build yourself kind of a little avatar, a client avatar of this person, their age, um, they, their you know, what they do for a living, maybe they're in school, what, um, do they have kids? What is their income level? What is their education level? Kind of really build out this person in a story. Why did they come to you? How did you support them or how would you want to support them? What are their pain points? Or in other words, what is it that they might not even know how to communicate? It might come across as I really need to be in a different body. I don't feel good in this body. So if they're telling you that, what is this client really trying to say? They're saying that they, they don't feel comfortable in their body. They don't know how to take care of their body. They're in pain maybe in their body, um, emotional or physical. Um, so, you know, really build out this character. And this is going to be who you are talking to at all times, whether you're posting on Instagram, whether you're writing copy, which is just a word for the words on your website. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, you're writing a blog, a blog post, no matter what you're doing, this is the person you're going to have in mind um, with everything you put out there. And for me, that really cleared things up. And I could imagine this person every time I was posting or writing um, or the way I was talking on my website to someone who might um, visit my website for the first time. What, what do they need to see? Yeah, oh, those are such wonderful tips because um, and, and I'm speaking from personal experience here and this is not something I've mastered for sure is I think sometimes we can be tempted to do more of a scattergun approach where mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to speak to a variety of different people and then feeling like we're not doing it well enough but we're not getting really clear on our 
on our messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that from personal experience for sure, where I was like, oh, I've got to speak to this this person, this group, and this age group, and these yeah. bunch of genders, and this and athletes, and blah 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 blah, and then you just kind of get a bit overworked. And so yeah, yeah so I I really love that idea about about getting about getting clear. And what do you think? What fears? yeah, what fears can kind of pop up, do you think, in narrowing your message a little bit? Not narrowing, but becoming much more clear. I think, I'm not speaking for everybody. I'll speak for myself. I think in my mind, narrowing or niching niching down, yeah, yeah, felt felt really scary because I thought, um, does this mean I'm going to lose a lot of business? Like, does this mean I'm going to um, not have anyone interested? Uh, And again, kind of fast forward, I, th- I think the opposite happened. I was able to, you know, fill my schedule up a lot more and a lot more consistent. But I think that was probably that scarcity was probably um, the, the biggest there in the, the forefront and the uncertainty with that. And then I think came a little bit of also in my, again, with my lived experience, the, the comparitis, like, is this what, like, no one else is doing this. <laughs> am I going to, or people, what are people going to say about this? Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, the, the trap of, um, the trap of what will people think? Right. What will people think of me? Mm-hmm. If I'm not, if I'm a dietitian who is not offering weight loss is not selling weight loss and, um, really honestly doesn't do a lot of talking that much about food at all. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was talking to somebody just the other day, actually, one of our colleagues, I'm trying to think who it was. And, um, and they said, I'm starting to find talking about food really boring. (laughs) It is. And I said, Oh my God, I feel the same way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It is. I do not write menus. I do not write menus for that reason. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's not to say that some people that is totally, it totally floats their boat. They love it. You know, that's, that's really, you know, but that's not the definition of what a quote unquote good dietitian is. You don't have to do what other people are doing. You don't have to love food. It's true. You do not have to love food. Um, Yeah. So... (laughs) Yeah, no, and you're right. There's, um, for some dietitian that, that is their creative space, right? That's their right uh, menu writing and recipe development. Um, and I remember, I think this is another one I forgot that I thought in order to be in private practice or to be an entrepreneur, a dietitian that's an entrepreneur, I thought I had to um, have a food blog. That was a big limiting belief. I forgot about that one. Oh, interesting. That's a popular thing, at least here in the States. Right. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm not real. I'm not in that space at all. So I actually mm-hmm. wouldn't have a clue. Uh, I mean, folks listening would, would know, especially, you know, our more graduate. I, yes. What I, what I do notice um, with the rise of social media, particularly Instagram, that the food people who do a lot of food posting seem to get a lot of followers, but, but what I notice, and I mean this with great respect, not great engagement, which is really interesting. Agreed. And I've uh, done a little bit of experimenting just on my own to see what happens on my account. Um, and it's interesting. You're right. And I, I guess this could also be, full disclaimer, I'm not a food blogger. So people probably aren't on my um, 
Instagram page looking for recipes, but it, there's a massive difference in engagement when I post a food picture and whenever I post, you know, um, an inspirational quote or a mantra or, you know, something along those lines, there's a big difference in engagement. Yeah. That, and that's really interesting. And would that be a tip that you would give people if they're kind of on social media is just to experiment a little with different styles of posts and just see what, and see what people are responding to? Yes. I think we can probably have a whole separate conversation on social media because it is such a big thing and it can also be very helpful and also be kind of harmful at the same time. So I I think there's a lot we could talk about with social media, but I think the biggest thing is to, again, not feel that you have to um, do something because other, another account or another dietitian is, is doing this. Um, I think that's an easy place for us to get caught up. Well, this person has X number of followers or this person's pumping out content every day. So I'm, that must mean I am. And again, that's a great way to lose, you know, what your purpose is, your focus, your creativity and so on. Yeah. You make such a good point. I think one of the if I can reflect on, because I haven't come to social media particularly naturally or comfortably, nor have I come to being a business owner naturally or comfortably. I, I come from a family where um, my, my parents were both health professionals as well. And my dad left his job um, to start a business and it absolutely tanked and we lost a lot uh, as a like mm. loss of assets and, um, and as a family, we went through a really difficult time during my teenage years. And it was interesting because those were the years when I was really starting to understand money and understand the value of money. And through some, you know, through some support and through reading and investigations and um, therapy and discussions with wonderful people, I've come to understand that my relationship with money um, and um, money and business was very formative, you know, the way I was kind of brought up. Um, now, the reason I mention that is because I just want to point out that that for a lot of us, these skills don't just, they're not built in our bones. It's something that, um, you know, often we have to work on. And I'm going to put up my hand and say, this is something that I have really, really had to work on. It has not come naturally to me. Um, and, but one of the best best uh, things I think I can offer, um, which I'm sure has been passed on to me by numerous people is consistency, consistency Mm -hmm. in your message. So you you are extremely consistent, Hayley. And I guess, is that one of your top focuses is consistency? You know, first of all, those are all really good points with money. I think money is also obviously um, a very big part and a big topic, um, and concern for a lot of people in private practice. So I just wanted to say, I appreciate, I appreciate you going back and kind of, um, sharing a few thoughts on that. Um, and consistency. I think what happens is again, back to the, um, making business intuitive, um, is really important because if I were to tell myself that I have to post um, seven times next week, once every day, and I need to get a blog post out and I need to do X, Y, and Z, um, I, I don't think I would do it. I would totally freeze up. Um, I would lose my creativity and that type of pressure 
um, would just be too much. So I take a more intuitive approach for me and I kind of have a system where I only post if it feels really good. And usually it's some type of idea that has been marinating a while. So I have this notepad that I just carry around and um, will jot down things that come to me, whether it's from a set, usually it's from a client session. I learn the most hands down from my clients. I think we can all. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And so, you know, that's where a lot of, a lot of content comes from. It's just real life, real stuff. But um, I think the, the, the short answer here is that I don't force myself to do anything because that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel authentic and I can't be myself when I'm trying to be somebody else and post like they are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also think it links back to what you were talking about before with the scarcity and comparitis, which is a word I'm going to use from now on. I love it. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it links back in with that because when we're being driven by fear of not enoughness um, Mm -hmm. or we're looking to somebody else to measure our own worth and value as a, as a professional and as a person, you know, pumping out content, et cetera, et cetera, then it's going to be really hard to feel good about what, just what we're, what we can do, our capacity and just a gentle reminder to everybody that our capacity changes over time. Sometimes, sometimes we can all be superstars when it comes to pumping out content and other times it's just not going to happen. And that Mm -mm. that is okay. It's absolutely okay. And you're so right that the capacity changes. Um, you're so right about that. Uh, I remember my first year of business, not that long ago. Um, I, if you had told me I would even write blog posts for my own website, I would have laughed then. I was that terrified of trying to write something and put it out there. Um, if you had told me I was ever going to speak in front of people, record myself, um, any of those things, I, I would have just like, I don't know, laughed and maybe cried at the same time because that was so scary to me. And I I really thought I had nothing to say. So if that's you starting, um, I 100% understand that feeling. I thought I had nothing to say. Um, and actually was told multiple times as a, as a teenager in school that I was not a writer. Uh, so I had taken on this. Um, I thought that was a character flaw of mine. I'm okay. I don't write I am better at math. That was, you know, something that was ingrained in me from a young age. So I hear you. If, if you're terrified of putting any, your voice out there in any capacity, you're not alone. Yeah. I I think also there is this, I think some folks feel like if I don't have health at every size, if I'm not fully across everything, then I won't put it out there which feels like a real shame because I know with um inspired to seek you know your Facebook group and um the one that I you know direct facilitate moderate whatever the mindful dietitian is that both of those groups are spaces where you can come and learn you don't have to comment you don't have to participate if you Mm -hmm. don't want to but 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 I I know that you have set up Um, yours as have I to be a space where you can come and learn like watch what people are saying you know just observe sit back and observe you don't you don't have to have everything sorted because actually none of us do none None of of us us do do. 
No. No. We make mistakes every day. There oh is God, so yes. much we still have to learn and we might as well do that together. Oh, hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. And the minute we think that we've got it, we're in trouble. In trouble. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Yep. We are in Absolutely. big, big trouble because if we, I think I wrote this on a post the other day, you know, when we, when we are becoming too attached with what we think we know or becoming too attached to what we think is the truth or facts, then we lose what's called beginner's mind. And that yeah. is the, the ability to see things as if we're seeing them for the first time. And as we know, Oh my God, I have to share you with you this particular piece because it was something I noticed just the other day, which is directly related to what I'm talking about. Um, there is an Australian nutritionist called um, Catherine Saxelby, who is very, very well known. And she has written lots of books on nutrition and food. And she completely redid her. It's kind of like an encyclopedia of nutrition, I guess you would say. It's kind of yeah, what it is. And I think the first version was maybe 20, 25 years ago. And she recently rewrote it. And it was so interesting because both on Twitter and Facebook, she was writing about how things had changed. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like... <laughs> Things have changed so much. I graduated 20 years ago. I can tell you that what we think is true has changed so much. (laughs) And if we can't be humble in that, then we're in big trouble in our profession because we are babies. Nutrition science is one of the, you know, it's one of the baby sciences. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. If, if we're not willing to say, Hey, I, I made a mistake or I want to learn more or tell me more about that. If we're, if we close off conversations instead of opening conversations, well, we're, we're not going to get anywhere. Um, you know, and I, I love that. I love what you said about, we have to keep a beginner's mindset. And I think that is 100% the truth. And I think what else we lose when we when we don't consider ourselves beginners is we lose our ability to be introspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. On that note, do you, um, from a, from a business or personal perspective, um, how important is having that introspective reflective time for you? Do you kind of set that time aside or do you, again, do you feel kind of intuitive about, you know, just pressing pause and, and just seeing where you're at and assessing your energy levels and how, how do you kind of do that? Yeah, you know, for me specifically in my lived experience, that's a tricky one and something I still practice quite a bit um, is trying to f- to find the right balance there because I'm also one to be pretty hard on myself and um, it's easy for me to get very, very anxious um, and anxiety is, is something that I've struggled with for a really long time and can, you know, totally take me out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, take a lot of my energy. And so, you know, for me, there are some essential self-care practices, um, not such glamorous ones. We, you know, talk about self-care being going to get your nails done and things, but this is more of, um, you know, making sure that I'm meeting with my therapist, making sure I'm meeting with my, um, supervision team and making sure I'm meeting with my peers as an equal, no matter if they just graduated, no matter if they've been practicing 15 years, um, my senior, um, but talking with them as a peer every day. And I think that's why, 
groups like your Facebook group and my Facebook group have been just so helpful for me. Um, but yeah, I think there's a delicate balance there of, of asking myself, um, making sure I'm celebrating all the hard work that I put into things and not being so hard and also being introspective. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 I, I think celebration's a big one for me, you know, taking totally. time every single week to recognize the things that were really hard, even if it was getting through five emails. I know you've had the days. I know all of you listening have had the days where it seems impossible to send one email. Yeah. Like, those are hard days. Yeah. Or doctor's letters. Ugh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that just me? No, it's not just no. me. No. Oh. Or insurance. Dealing yes. with insurance. Oh my God. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and it's interesting that the harder we get on ourselves, the more we feel isolated and alone. And we're the only people who have to deal with this. Absolutely. Yep. You think what's wrong with me? Yeah. 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 So this is, this is a a universal, (laughs) it's a human issue, isn't it? Very much so. A human issue. And the more that we can, um, you know, um, stay connected with communities of folks who really get us, who get what we're trying to do and who also remind us to keep coming back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who, people who know us and are able to say, Hmm, that's you're able to honestly give us feedback as well, which is part of the, so, it's so great about supervision and also the coaching services you offer is being able to get authentic feedback and support from somebody who could, from people who can really elevate your strengths and help you connect with what matters. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, um, starting to do a little bit of coaching myself and of course being a student myself, um, is I recognize the same thing, um, for me, both myself and for the dietitians that I work with, is that often, more times than not, it's, it's just the other person reassuring me that, that I did know what I was talking about, or I was on the right track, or my intuition in whatever situation, um, that I was able to tap into that and having them reflect it back um, and just give a pat on the back and just say, hey, keep going. Like, you're doing fantastic. Like, you're kicking ass. Keep going. Um, You you know, I've had my mentors tell me that. And I also tell others that because that's the truth. And so I think that's where we we stop ourselves if if we don't have that type of feedback. But, uh, you know, the best teachers have just been able to help me pull pull deep to what I already know. Um, And it's what we do with our clients. So it's the same thing for us as we're learning, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Totally agree. It's um, it's really interesting because what I have noticed with pretty much all my guests on the podcast is we end up having conversations, which again and again and again highlight the parallel process of the work that we are doing. Say, for example, in our businesses or in our practices or just in our career in general and life. Hello, just in life in general, and how closely it parallels the work that we are supporting others to do and how powerful that is to recognize that, oh, okay, when I'm feeling, um, you know, scarcity mentality or when I'm feeling that sense of not enoughness or feeling disconnected or whatever, that what is the work that I do with my clients that I can really connect with myself? Mm. Yes. And you know, Fee, 
a lot of times, not a lot of times, there's a lot of times I need to be going to therapy, but sometimes I say, when I go to see my therapist, um, I will continue doing this just so I keep remembering what it's like to be sitting on this side of the couch. Totally. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and in, yeah, I wonder, do you find supervision therapeutic as well? 100%. Yeah. Mm. Same thing. <laughs> the reason I wanted to ask you that is because I do, I find it so therapeutic because yeah. it just reminds me to, to keep tuning in and mm -hmm. that I, I do hold wisdom as we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it, it, it keeps you, you keep going, you keep going on the, the really tough days um, when you want to quit. And, and when you keep going, really, really, really good days come. And you are so glad to be doing this work. And that happens more and more and more. And those are the really, really awesome days. And really without supervision, without um, my peers, I mean, who knows, you know, I would never get to this much joy that I feel in my business. Yeah, that's so cool. So the key for you has really been staying connected being consistent, um, uh, seeking su the support of others, doing what matters and championing the wins. Yeah. All of that sounds so easy as we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it to sound easy because it's not, there's a lot no. of, heart, there's a lot of, but I think you, what you've explained really beautifully, Haley, is it's, it doesn't just arrive on your doorstep. There is a lot of digging deep and there are a lot of the fears associated with, all this mm -hmm. work. So um, I wanted to, if it's okay with you, I wanted to ask you a little bit to explain your coaching, um, your coaching, uh, the coaching side of your business, please, because it's a really unique part of what you offer. And um, I think, I think a lot of folks listening would really like to hear about that. Sure. Thanks, V. I um, sort of by accident got into coaching. Again, I had the mentality that I don't know enough. I haven't been in private practice long enough. I haven't been an eating disorder dietitian long enough to be able to, do be, to, be able to be doing any of this. Um, but with the support um, of those who, again, could see, see my strengths when I couldn't um, and their, their gentle nudges, here I am doing some business coaching and I absolutely love it. Again, for some of the same reasons I, I learn from all of my clients, whether they're an eating disorder client or um, a business coaching client, I learn a tremendous amount from them and I just love it and it brings me joy. But um, a good place to start, we have, we mentioned the Facebook group a couple times. Uh, Inspired to Seek is our um, free community, our Facebook community that any, any health professional, um, whether you're a therapist, a nutritionist, a dietitian, um, please come, please come join us. And like Fee said, um, even if you know, hanging out in the background and kind of watching some of the conversations. Um, that's a great place to be too. And, you know, the, the Facebook group is full of everyone from students. We have a ton of students in there, which, which I think is just amazing. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be a student and be able to kind of participate or watch some of these conversations between um, professionals who I admire so much. Um, so everyone from students to, you know, veterans who have been in the field for a really long time. So it's really cool. Everyone's hanging out. But um, we offer a couple of, you know, depending on what kind of support you're looking for. My uh, business partner on that side of things, Monica Mo and I, we offer one-on-one -on -one counseling with um, professionals. And um, there's a couple different tiers there of how long 
and what you're looking for and that sort of thing. And I also offer one-on-one just myself and clients. So it's evolving as always, as we were kind of alluding to earlier, things are always evolving and we've kind of changed up format, you know, multiple times, but, um, yeah, wherever you are, um, we would love, we would love for you to just be a part of the community and learn alongside. Yeah. It's, it's, awesome to have people at different stages of their career isn't it and to have folks in the group whose names you recognize maybe because they um, do some speaking or they you know um, podcast guests or you know whatever and it's so it's really wonderful to have so many people in the groups who are who are so willing to support each other as well because we all get it we all get that this is not um, you know, it's not easy and it's not straightforward and there's a lot of bumps along the road, but, but that overall that we have a shared belief that it's so worth it and that the work that we do has real value and meaning. I absolutely agree. I, I think that is the most beautiful part about it. Um, it's such a beautiful group. It really is. I, I love every single one of them. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you do a beautiful job at facilitating. That's for sure. Thank you so much. Uh, on that note, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing, please, where people can find you across some different platforms. Sure. Yeah, my um, my handle on pretty much everything is H Goodrich RD. Um, mostly on Instagram, but I'm on I'm on Twitter and Facebook as well. My website is inspirednutrition.com. Those are the the easiest and quickest ways to reach me. Um, and I'm assuming we can. We can leave uh, links to those in the show notes as well as the the Facebook group. I'll, I'll send you a link to that to put in the show notes as well. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, I thoroughly recommend um, your Facebook group and um, just people check you out. I, I love Instagram and I mean, as you know, <laughs> I've become a real Instagram fan over the past few years. Yeah, I think it's my favorite too. I, I really do love it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I just think it's a, it's a lovely community yeah anyway I feel like I can be myself the most Mm, on there mm -hmm. yeah yeah I agree yeah there's something about it that's it's not just the visual thing for me it's uh I don't know it just feels like a nice warm space I agree yeah cool um Hayley it has been such a privilege and a pleasure to be chatting with you today thank you so so much for all your wisdom that you wish that you have shared today about um you know building an authentic and intuitive business um, entrepreneurship your such lovely thoughts on how we can support each other and then support ourselves in the learning that comes from um not only building a business but but doing things that feel feel scary and you know when 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 um, when things feel worthwhile, that it's going to be scary anyway. And um, your lovely way of saying, you know, you will need to take risks and that's going to be part of how you build something that's worthwhile. Mm, I love that. I love how you summed all of that up. I couldn't agree more. And I thank you so much for inviting me on the show, Fiona. This is something I've, I've looked up to you and, and this podcast for, for a really long time. And I've learned so much from all of your guests. Um, so it's a real, a real honor to be here. You're welcome. I really look forward to connecting with you in the not so distant future. Absolutely. Thanks, Haley. Well, that's our episode of the Mindful Dietitian interview series for today. Thank you so much to our wonderful guest and to you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
Just a reminder that you can find me over on the website www.themindfuldietitian.com.au and please join actually quite a large group of wonderful and enthusiastic dietitians on the closed Facebook group, The Mindful Dietitian. The music you hear is called Happiness from Ben Sound, used under the Creative Commons license. Have a great day, everyone.